Hi, I'm Taylor. And I'm Maddie. And it's time for another episode of Sisters Who Posh. We are two sisters who love thrifting. And have been reselling online for the past few years. We are sharing all of our best tips and tricks along the way. As well as setting goals and updating our progress each week. With brand new episodes every Tuesday. Hello, hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sisters Who Posh. This week, we have a very special guest joining us later in the episode to tell us all about his eBay reselling experience. Yes, we have our dad joining us later on this episode. He's been dabbling in selling sports cards and collectibles on eBay It's so crazy with reselling. There's so many different branches to get into. We always focus on talking primarily about clothing. So we're excited to learn about a whole new world. Definitely. But before we get into all of that, what is going on this week? Well, to be honest, we recorded yesterday. (laughs) What is going on today? (laughs) (laughs) You might notice Maddie's still here. We are... (laughs) We are recording, trying to get a couple episodes going with Maddie still here during her maternity leave. So yeah, not too much has happened since we recorded yesterday, all that to say. Yes. But a couple things going on. So I am actually heading out in like maybe an hour or two to a vintage market here in Phoenix. I think it's Melrose Market, which is really cute. It's in the little Melrose downtown area. My friend Regina, Basic Posh Babe, is doing a booth. So me and Lily are going to go check it out this afternoon. It's like so fun to to go check out these little different booths. There's people that sell like the decor, clothes, all different things. It's just like a, such a fun way to spend a weekend. It's like farmer's market, but like for clothes, you know? <sighs> Love it. If they could just mix it. Is there any snacks or? Oh, yeah. La- well, this one I've been to before. She sold at this one last month. And I went, me and Charlie, my dog, we went down and, and checked out her booth. And she was in the booth right next to this really cute coffee truck. So that was awesome. And then I believe the girl with the stand next to her was selling a whole bunch of different things, but I think some of it was like jams and like different, like homemade crafted mm. like food. So that's kind of cool. It's, it's really a mixed bag. People are selling all different things. A lot of clothes, a lot of like antique decor, I would say are the main two, but always fun to see what they're going to have down there. And I'm excited because last time I went, I ended up buying from Regina. If you follow her account, one of the things that she does is she makes this like she calls it posh babe gear. She has like a website for it. Oh yes. She, which she takes like a solid color sweatshirt and then basically like uses a cricket to like customize it and they have cute sayings on them. So I bought a sweatshirt, one of the ones that says I'd rather be thrifting. I'm obsessed. <gasps> I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wearing it like all so um and then yeah, she has tons of cute vintage stuff too so it'll be fun to check out and I think this is the last one one of the last ones like the season for those vintage markets is wrapping up here for the most part although we did find out that there are I think there's some that they do in like indoor spaces so those will still be going on over the summer so that's kind of cool 
Oh, good. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing way to spend a, a weekend. Other than that, the only other thing that I've done that I haven't talked about yet is I recently went to Last Chance and I mentioned that I got a bunch of shoes. Like I restocked my shoe inventory. With that, I got to go to the post office, get a bunch of char. You knocked over your gate. You broke in. Um, I got a bunch more of those like medium flat rate boxes that are like the perfect shoe box size. Like I was able to totally consolidate my shoe inventory over. I think like I had that whole top shelf that had probably like seven or eight rows of shoes stacked up five high across it. And yeah. it condensed down to like halfway. So like I had half the shelf empty again. So that was really cool to see like how many shoes have really been selling. And also uh, to get the new boxes re-inventoried in, it just feels so good. I am I can't recommend enough. Like if you have a part of your inventory that is just causing you headaches, like it's stressing you out, really like redoing the system. I like love sh- selling shoes now. I like, it's one of the first sections I'm checking at the thrift store just because I'm just so... It's not daunting when they sell anymore. Love it. That's amazing. Thank you. What's going on with you this week? Not too much. So So, yes, like Taylor mentioned, I'm about a week and a half out from my due date now and kind of just twiddling my thumbs. I'm sure other people could relate. You know, if you, you spend all these months planning and then you're just kind of waiting around, you don't really want to make like big plans. I did decide yesterday to go to the nail salon and get like a manicure and a pedicure like one last time before the baby arrives. I've seen that on the lists of like things to do, like, you know, pamper yourself a little. And so then you kind of feel a little put together when everything else is going to be, you know, not put together very shortly. But I went and I think I mentioned on a different episode that the only shoes that fit me now are these like hot pink Skechers slides Yeah, (laughs) that I just wear everywhere now. And I wore them and I was like really worried because my feet have been swelling quite a bit and I got a pedicure. So like the feet are sitting in hot water for a while and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to get these (laughs) slides on at the end. Had the whole like spa experience. It was amazing. I felt pampered. I feel great. But then it got to the end and the lady was like trying to help me put the shoe back on. And I felt like the ugly stepsister. <laughs> oh no. The shoe wouldn't fit. And then she was like worried about the polish getting goofed up. So then I had to sit there for like so long just to make sure. But they were like so helpful and being so nice to me, helping me with the shoes. But it was so embarrassing because I'm like, yeah, humiliating. Like, they're not gonna fit. Just let me walk out of here barefoot. Like, it was. I'm surprised was a lot. they didn't have those. Like, I feel like sometimes at mine, even even the like, little like paper. I know. Yeah, like, like the paper or those like foam little flip flops they give you. I could have asked, but I think they thought like, oh, you're wearing sandals, like perfect. Like she like, came prepared. Bada bing, bada boom. But yeah, it was. I'm I'm hoping other people that have experienced that if they had swollen feet at any time, but that was awkward. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they see it all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> 
but otherwise not too much going on just excited to run our closet sales that that'll be over by the time this episode comes out but to celebrate our 100th episode so this is our 101st episode, so not to keep count. <laughs> yes, I know. Now I feel like for a while we're going to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Well, in preparation for this episode with our dad talking all about collectibles, sports card memorabilia, we did a little research on what are the five most popular categories to resell. This article that we found um, – focuses in specifically on eBay, which eBay is the largest reseller platform. It's the one that's been around the longest and has the most users globally. And very interesting to see what the top five categories in 2023 are to resell, because it's so true. Like, I feel like I see it when I go to the bins. You can see the people that are like focusing on the clothing. You can see the people that are like beelining it to the shoes. You can see the people that like go straight to that like electronics home goods section in the back and the people that stick by like the textbooks like bins yeah all the different categories that people you can really have a full resale business just around one category so obviously we've both kind of picked clothing we wanted to go over this article of the top five categories selling on ebay right now yes so the first category is electronics and laptops Apparently, this is the top category on eBay. Yes, it says it contributes to 22% of the e-commerce sales in the last like couple of years. That's crazy. Huge That's, chunk of the pie. Yeah, definitely. All right. And then the next one, not a big surprise, our personal favorite, clothing and footwear. Yeah, so it, it said one of the reasons that clothing is a big category is it has a pretty low barrier to entry for selling. Pretty much anyone can clean out their own closet and get started with reselling clothes. And then I like that it's it's kind of combined with the footwear category. That's another huge category I would almost consider separate mm-hmm. of, you know, certain Nike Jordans that like can be the certain collectible colorway or whatever. And they can retail for a lot. There's a lot of money in sneakers if you know your stuff. So very interesting. The next category is furniture and home decor with some of the most popular items being home furniture, Afghans and throw blankets and bookends, which I totally agree with the, the few like home items I've sold on Poshmark and Mercari, like they've all sold. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) like placemats or just I think I've told some table runners a little like lamp it's it's crazy that that those are able to do so well so that one does not surprise me at all yeah especially like vintage like quilts or those afghans or you know even like certain kinds of like vintage pyrex and like tupperware kind of stuff all of that there's like a lot of resale value in I know a lot of resellers that look for those like kind of like granny square crocheted blankets and you can sell those even on Poshmark. I think I've sold one or two before in the past of just ones that I found that were cute, but yeah, don't write it off. (laughs) All right. The next category is jewelry and watches. Obviously jewelry can get pretty pricey. So if you find high quality jewelry or watches, it's a big category in the resale world. And then the last one they had listed out was collectibles. So 
collectibles is in the top five categories being sold on eBay. Definitely. So many ways you could go with this too, with like, it, it specifically says like TV and movie characters or like vintage toys. And then of course the sports card sector is a huge piece of the pie too. Definitely piece of the pie today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's just good to keep in mind that there, all these categories are selling so well online on different platforms. We're looking at specifically eBay today, but you know, if you have any of these items just lying around your house or maybe you have a family member that's trying to get rid of some stuff, definitely send them this episode. I think it was really inspiring for me for just like thinking about reselling in a different way and different ways to make money on the stuff you already have. So true. And like all these different categories, branches of um, resale there's so much to learn in every category. Like I know we've been reselling clothing now for three years and I feel like we're just starting to get more and more knowledgeable um, and kind of learn the ropes of like which brands, which styles kind of do well, uh, which brands hold their value and all like the knowledge that goes along with that. So I'm like so excited today for today's interview with our dad. He's very knowledgeable with, with being a sports card collector. Like he was blowing our mind with just like, you know, he grew up collecting the cards. So there's just so much knowledge that you just pick up throughout the years, like looking for things and being a sports fan. But it was like speaking a different language to us. <laughs> exactly. Yes. <laughs> so without further ado, here's our interview with our dad. All right. Well, that brings us to the main event today. As we teased a little bit in the morning, we have a very, very special guest joining us this week talking about a different side of reselling that we really have no experience with. Yeah, we just wanted to learn a little bit more about today. So welcome to our dad. Welcome to the podcast. Wow, happy to be here. As you guys know, I'm a big fan of the show. And of course, I'm a big fan of you girls too. So really happy to uh, join in this week. So much fun. We are so excited because this is our hundred and first episode. And we talked last week how in our early episodes, we only got like a handful of listens, but you were definitely one of them. So we got to thank you. Ah, very good. I've been bugging you for 99 episodes to be on. So <laughs> finally made it. <laughs> the way that you do reselling is totally different from how me and Maddie do it. We primarily sell clothing, but you sell more like collectibles and different things and also primarily on eBay. So we are so curious to learn more about this. As you both know, I am um, kicked off eBay. <laughs> so I'm hoping Sore to get subject. back on and I'm hoping that this could give me some helpful information too. Great. So how did into selling on eBay? Well, I got started, as you know, uh, Sisters Who Posh has been an inspiration to the whole family <laughs> on this reselling thing. And that's that got us kind of interested. And as you know, my older brother, Tom, he had started selling uh, sports cards on eBay. Him and I are big collectors of sports cards. Actually, my wife, Kristen, nudged me a little bit looking at all the <laughs> bins and bins of cards in the garage. She said, what are you waiting for? And she had a kind of a good idea that I could take the small profits that I would earn here and put them into a special fund that I could use for some of my 
fun hobbies and trips to the casino. So uh, it worked out to be a, a good motivator for me to get started. Love it. We were just talking about in the last episode goals update of like using your reselling money for a specific purpose is just like so motivating when you're a part-time reseller like you and I are. Love to hear that. So what kind of items are you selling? Mostly sports cards, anything else that you have listed or? So yes, I'm mostly selling sports cards, you know, football and baseball cards. I do have some old DVDs and CDs and concert ticket stubs and really anything else collectible that I've squirreled away over the years that I think somebody might be interested in. Love it. Anything in the garage basically is up for grabs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How did you get into collecting baseball cards? Because you have quite the collection or all sports cards, I guess. How did that all start out? Yeah, it was something uh, early on in, in life that, uh, my brother Jeff and I got into our older brothers probably got us started, you know, bags and Jim and Tom and Jerry were buying and collecting and, uh, you know, being a active sports household, collecting cards seemed like a natural thing to do. So how did you learn about listing on eBay? Like to me with reselling, and I know a lot of other clothing resellers feel this way. eBay is always the one that just seems for some reason more intimidating I could be totally wrong about this, but it feels like for some reason more daunting and like less user friendly than like the interface of Poshmark. So how did you learn about even creating an account and listing on eBay? Yeah, I think eBay is pretty easy, actually. Really? Uh, Ooh, I've, been debunked. I've been familiar with it, you know, from dabbling around with it, you know, 15 years ago, I was doing a little bit of selling and buying on it. But when I got re-engaged here about a year ago, the phone app is very, very easy to use. I do everything right on the phone for my whole business here. So it really is quite easy once you get into it. Let me kind of walk through how I how I do business and, and see if you have any questions. Love Sounds it. good. You know, there's a, a buy it now feature where you can set a price for a given item and just list it on eBay. Or they have the, the famous seven day auction format where you put an item up with a starting price and people can bid on it over a time frame. You know, I have to say I've had a little more success with the auctions. It's a chance for you to start out with a, a minimum price on an item and then hope others kind of bid that price up as you get closer to the end of the auction. Once you decide to list an item, you know, it's, it's as simple as taking a photo, like a sports card, taking a picture of the front and the back and something Tom showed me how to do on eBay, which is really helpful, is looking up the comps on the item. So you can very easily look up the exact item and see how many items have recently sold and for what price they sold at to get a good target start price for your auction. To, to go a little further, once you get ready to list, you select an item that has recently sold and you, there's a button that says, sell one like this, and you click on that and it uploads all the details of the item right into the app. Basically, Ooh. you need to refresh that with your photos, you know, update the title and the description a little bit, and you're off and running. That's awesome. I did not know that feature existed where you could just kind of find a similar item and use it as a template. Yes. You know, I've, I've accidentally clicked a button on Poshmark. <laughs> I don't even know where, what the button is, but I think it, Poshmark does have that feature too, but I never thought of using it for like creating 
yeah i've, o- I've only seen on poshmark like if you buy an item like if i buy an item from taylor and then it says like do you want to reposh it like and True. i could like relist your item that i bought from you it didn't fit or i was done using it or whatever that's that's yep. a really nice feature it's almost like a copy listing and then you just have to update the pieces and it is yeah, for saving time, you know, a lot of the categories like what year the card came out, what the manufacturer was, you know, what the yeah. player name was, what team he was in, all of that kind of stuff. You don't have to click through all that if you pick one that's exactly like the one you're trying to sell. Yeah, I'm sure with with the collectibles, you can usually find your exact one that's like been previously sold. So that's really useful. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll get into this a little further, but, you know, I usually list my items under $20 with free shipping. Um, I think that nudges the buyers over the edge sometimes if you offer that free shipping. And when you're selling something like a sports card, you know, usually you pick uh, the U.S. Postal Service. The shipping label comes out at about 60 cents. So it's uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a quick way to get uh, uh, the free shipping uh, up and rolling. We were wondering about the shipping with, especially just with the sports cards, because they are so lightweight. We were like, can you just like use a stamp or is it a shipping label? So that's interesting. Yeah, usually I print a shipping label out of the app and that way you get the tracking of the package as well through the app. True, Um, yeah. You know, so it's very quick and easy to print right on your home printer. You know, when I'm shipping, what I do is load the card in what's called a penny sleeve, which is a very flimsy plastic sleeve. And then it goes into a second sleeve called a top loader, which is a very durable, heavy case that will hold up well in the mail. Um, the, The other thing I do is I tape the outside of the envelopes with box tape all the way around. And that makes the whole package a little sturdier and it makes it waterproof. And uh, I've really got good reviews on, on the shipping by using that method. It takes just a little bit of extra time, but it's worked out well for me. Seems like it's well worth it if, for a card. Like <laughs> that's the whole thing you want it in pristine condition, not uh, bent up and anything like that. So for the sleeves and like the different protective sleeves that you're using where do you buy those yeah you can buy those right on amazon or at any of your local sports card stores they're called penny sleeves because you can get you know a thousand of them for ten dollars or a penny each you know oh really okay uh, you know it's really not a big expense to the overall business any other tips you've given us a lot of tips for ebay already but any other beginner tips for ebay that you you would recommend for someone, you know, just starting out or wanting to make a couple listings, definitely using their phone. It sounds like using that, uh, copy or, you know, do you have a similar item to sell that button? Definitely. But anything else come to mind? Well, you know, I think, uh, when you get started on eBay, I would call this the tailor tip, make sure you buy a few (laughs) items first and get your account established. Mm. <laughs> hindsight is 2020 on that <laughs> yes yeah so get get familiar with it do a couple small transactions before you go crazy i know your listeners like details so i can let you know that every sunday morning i try to list about 10 items and currently in my store i've got about 60 items up listed so that gives you kind of a sense of the size of my store and the amount of volume that i'm doing 
you know, looking for those comps uh, before you set your auction price is always a really good idea. If you're just casually browsing through eBay, you might see somebody has a card listed for a high amount like 50 or or $100. But if you look at the comps and they're only selling for $5 each, you know, you're not going to get that $100 price tag. So really kind of understanding what the market is for the item is really important. Yeah, that is so true. Even for us selling clothing on Poshmark, sometimes like when we first got started, when we would be checking comps, we would mostly look, it it defaults to like, if you search for an item showing you all the available listings, where a lot of times people have the prices more inflated on their available listings. So that way they can send out offers at a discounted price. But we would like search this free people top and be like, oh my gosh, people have it listed for like $150. Like I'm buying it. And then you flip over to the sold section and it's like, they're all selling for like $12, (laughs) $15. So that's really crucial is to make sure you're checking the actual sold comps, not just like the list currently listed ones. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I'm a part-time seller like Maddie is and Tom is a full-timer like you, Taylor. So for the part-timers, what I do is set all my auctions to expire on the weekend that way, all my activity kind of falls on the weekend. Um, Ooh, that's you know, really che- smart. Checking all the updates on Saturdays, and then I have Sunday to kind of get the packaging and shipping done. So it really works out pretty good. You know, one of the tips I use is on the auctions, if you don't sell an item in seven days, it'll automatically relist for you for the next week. So many times, you know, once I have the items uploaded, they just automatically renew until they sell and there's no extra fee for that. So it's a pretty hands-off approach to reselling that uh, gets pretty good results. You know, the one thing I'll do is if, if a card hasn't sold in uh, a month or four cycles, I might go in and lower that uh, starting price to see if I can get any more interest in the card. That makes sense. Cause even when we've done the most similar thing we've ever done to an auction is when we've done the whatnot shows and the posh live shows. And it is something you have to play around with of like the starting price. Cause sometimes a low starting price will get, there's something like mentally, like it gets people more like ready to put those first bids in. And then once there are bids, then it kind of snowballs from there we've seen. So I'm sure it's like that on eBay too, where if you have it a little too high, then no one pulls the trigger on that first bid. I agree. I think uh, on some of the more popular items, uh, once you get a few bids going, it seems like more and more people are viewing the item. So uh, there's something to that auction that can, can be advantageous for the seller. Awesome. So once you have your listings live on eBay, I know eBay has different features that you can use to promote. Have you ever used any of those or which ones have you seen that are interesting, I guess? Yeah, good question. I'm not a super user here on eBay. Uh, There is, every time you list an item, it comes back to you and asks, do you want to promote the item? And you pay a small fee. Usually it's like $1.49 for a week of eBay promotion that they'll drive more people to your item. So, you know, if I have a card that I'm expecting, you know, $20 or more on, I might consider, you know, doing the promotion. But I really have just dabbled in that, so I'm not a real expert on that. I do know that eBay has uh, discounts and coupons and 
can make offers to, to certain buyers. There's a lot of features with eBay that I'm just kind of learning about. Yeah. It seems like you can make a lot of sales without getting into the weeds on all of that stuff, which is, which is good to know. Cause I think that's part of why we thought listing on eBay was so confusing because there's so many of these different options. You don't necessarily need to be utilizing all of them to make sales. It sounds like. Yep. That's correct. One thing I've heard about eBay too, is that, your rating really matters on eBay. So if you have like a high, if you are getting really good reviews from your purchases you have sold, that that helps kind of boost you in the algorithm. Have you seen that at all or heard anything about that? I haven't, you know, I, I do pay attention to my rating and I've got, uh, you know, a hundred percent positive rating so far in the year that I've been doing it. And, you know, to me, the two things are, fast shipping and then you know good packaging to make sure the products get there in good shape those are the two things that i've really been focusing on so can you tell us about some of your best flips that you had or most exciting listings that you currently have up for auction and what those have looked like sure i think probably my best flip you know as i first got started on it i was listing uh, some cards and i thought I might look up and see, I've got a box of old concert ticket stubs uh, from the years past that I know people are starting to collect. I found one that uh, was somewhat memorable. It was from a concert that ended up being Stevie Ray Vaughan's last performance. I was surprised when I listed it, I ended up selling it for $200, which was a, a pretty good haul for a half ripped up concert ticket stub, right? Oh my gosh. I looked up on the ticket and in 1990, uh, I think I went to the concert for $10. So I feel like that was <laughs> a pretty good investment. Uh, somebody wanted that uh, piece of memorabilia. I don't know why. <laughs> wow. It's amazing that you actually still had it. It hung on to it. Yeah, I'm kind of a, a collector that way. I squirrel away things that are sentimental to me. And, you know, there must be other people out in the world like me, so... Definitely. Yes. <laughs> there is a market for anything. It sounds like. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So what makes it like a card good for resale? Like obviously if the player, you know, was like a standout or something. Um, but is there anything else that when you're looking through the cards that you have and you come across one, like, how do you know you should What's list going it? into the for sure sell pile? Yeah. Yeah, good good question. You know, there's a whole industry in sports card collecting that's uh, it's really quite big, and it's all based on you know favorite players. And the most valuable cards are the rookie cards. You know, when the player first came out their rookie season, those mm. cards are the most valuable for whatever reason. So you're you're looking for those rookie cards. You know, the card has to be in really, really good condition to get the best dollar value for it. So if it has a bent corner or a crease, or even if the card is printed off center, it came from the factory like that, it will decrease the value of the card. Hmm. Um, in today's world, there's such a thing called sending a card in for grading, where you send it to a third party company. And for a fee, you know, usually it's about $20 they will actually carefully grade the card from one to 10 
put an official grade on it and then encapsulate it in a really heavy duty uh, case, getting the card graded can really drive up the value because you're authenticating the card and, and getting a professional grading on it. So it can take, you know, a hundred dollar card. And if you get a grade 10 or nine, it could become a thousand dollar card. Wow. I have seen recently, okay, so I'm spending too much time on TikTok. And one of the like holes I fell down recently is like this, these accounts that post clips from that um, Pawn Star show <laughs> that is like the collectible store in Vegas. Yeah. And I've seen the ratings on there where they like rate the certain grading for the collectibles cards. That's like so interesting. Yeah. That's something that uh, Tom has been dabbling in here for several months. And I sent my first uh, group of four cards in to get graded recently. So we'll see if we can uh, learn more about that in the coming year here. Going back to the rookie card, like just not knowing anything, does it say on the card that it's their rookie year or do you have to like look that up? You kind of have to look that up and you can tell by the card. It usually, you know, it says rookie on the front of okay. the card or, I mean, you kind of know what year these guys started in. Right. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. For me, I had a, uh, a magic Johnson, Larry bird combination rookie card that was in really poor shape. Uh, it was a year where they made three cards on, on a single card. And then they had some perforations on the card. And of course, being a kid, we pulled them all apart and made all little cards. <laughs> uh, so that card, you know, I ended up selling mine for about $100 on eBay. But if it was in really good shape, non-separated, it easily could have went for $1,000 or more. So, Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> the condition of the card is, is really important. Um, yeah. But, you know, in my, in my one year of doing this, uh, I've sold about 60 cards so far and about 10 of them have sold in that $30 and up range. Most of them sell between one and $5. Definitely not, you know, life-changing money here, but, uh, certainly good for the hobby fund. Yeah. Well, and then you're quadrupling it at the casino. So really going ah. amazing. <laughs> Just, <laughs> So looking at your card collection, do you have any like cards that you would just never part with or are sentimental to you? Any like favorites? I used to think I did, but uh, I'm kind of past that now. And just uh, my goal with it is to kind of have fun with it. It's fun pulling out the old collection, but uh, I'm really not that sentimental about keeping, you know, any of the particular cards. Oh my gosh. Kristen's probably so proud. I have to remember being in that eBay universe, so I have to sell more than I buy. You know, as you're in there looking, you're always coming across these good deals. And I, I guess that's the power of having this little hobby fund is that now I'm kind of balancing that fund, uh, having fun with it. Yes. So in the description, do you say something about the condition of the card or is it super obvious with the pictures if there's a crease or some of the other things you mentioned? Yeah, usually I would put, you know, excellent or very good if I felt like if they were good. You know, a lot of the cards that are in the early collection are getting to be 50 years old now, you know, so they're they're worn and they weren't preserved in these nice cases back when we had them in the shoebox, you know. It's good to put a rating on it, but 
the pictures really are what the what the buyers are going to look at. They're going to zoom in on the corners and they're going to zoom in and look for any print defects. So, you know, having a pretty good picture helps. And I've been I've been taking pictures with my iPhone and Tom, you know, the the full-time seller, he's got a little scanner that he can do a really nice image on the front and the back through his scanner. So, uh, as you get more serious with it, I'm sure uh, there's better tools that you could use. Gotcha. Yeah, what do you use for like a backdrop? Are you just using like a tabletop or like a white tag board or something? Yeah, I usually put uh, the cards on a black piece of construction paper because mm. most of the cards have a white border on them. So it kind of highlights the, the edges if you put them on black. Do you ever list the items like as a bundle if there's, I don't know, teammates Starting or five of a basketball yeah. team. <laughs> if that would even make sense. Or do you, do you typically list them one card at a time? And if someone wanted to buy more than one, then, you know, you'd handle that together. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, on the cards that are the rookie cards or the more values, I've been selling one at a time, but I have been putting bundles of six or 10 cards together. And, you know, for example, trying to sell 10 cards for five bucks, you know, 50 mm-hmm. cents a piece, that way your 60 cent shipping kind of fits into that equation, you know, trying to sell a card, you know, for 50 cents on its own, it doesn't really work out. But if you can sell 10 of them as a group, uh, uh, that there is a way to kind of sell a small bundle of the same player or maybe all of the stars from a certain year uh, bundled together. Yeah, it seems like it's you know, obviously having the sports knowledge behind it is super helpful for this. Um, so, you know, kind of who was popular that year, who, right. who was a star. So have you ever ran into any issues with like returns or cases being opened? That's another thing that like on eBay, that scares me for some reason, when I think eBay, I think like there's so many more returns, but has that been your experience or not really? You know, I've, uh, I've just been at it here for about 12 months and really haven't had any issues to report. Amazing. Just wow. <laughs> nailing it. <laughs> I'm like, I had a case this week on Poshmark, but okay. I, I better knock on wood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that pretty much covered all the questions that we had about your eBay's collectibles business. Any like final thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, I think for me, you know, the, the main goal is to have fun with it. You know, I get to fool around with the old collection a little bit. My my little gambling fund is up to $1,200. So, you know, no stress going to the horse track or the casino. It's been a fun little uh, side project for me. Love it. That's awesome. All right, girls, we'll keep the show going. It's been great and really enjoyed uh, participating. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll definitely have to have you back for an update maybe after another year to see, you know, how, how things have changed or if there's any other items that you're now getting listed on eBay. We definitely want to get uncle Tom on too, with his, his experience selling the cards as well. For sure. That would be a great idea. Awesome. Right, Thank love you. you. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Awesome. Well, that was a great little interview with our dad. So fun having him on the podcast. He wasn't joking when he said he's been bugging us for, you know, 99 episodes to get on the podcast. So I'm so glad it has finally happened and we'll definitely have to have him back in the future as well.
Definitely. If you have any experience selling collectibles or any different areas of reselling outside of clothing, we would love your insight and tips and tricks. Feel free to send us any questions or feedback or information you want to share about this to sisterswhoposh at gmail.com. Or you can always send us a message on Instagram at sisterswhoposh. Yes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to give us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We absolutely love to see those and it helps our podcast grow as well. Definitely. We are skipping the goals update this week, just because like we said, we recorded our last (laughs) episode yesterday. Not many new updates to report. I'll definitely be back with a goals update and I'll let you know how Maddie's doing too in future episodes if she is out with the baby, hopefully. (laughs) Awesome. Sounds great. Love you, Tay. Love you too. Bye. Bye.